Welcome to Wellversed, where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you. This is the Wellversed podcast. At this time, uh, we uh, are going to be addressing the horrific uh, situation in Turkey and in Syria, uh, where more than 27,000 people thus far has, have been found lost and, and dead in the rubble of the catastrophe of the earthquakes that happened there. Um, we have with us some dear friends. Uh, we're going to start with a dear friend of ours, Charmaine Heading, who's the president of the Shy Fund. Uh, she oversees global operations. Uh, she has worked over 15 years as an international consultant uh, helping minorities, persecuted minorities in the Middle East uh, and in Africa. She is now helping on the ground uh, with uh, the mission and trying to help in the crisis in Turkey and in Syria. Charmaine, thank you so much for joining. If you can please just share about what you're doing about Shy, Shy Fund, how we can help and uh, introduce our guests, please. Thank you, Maria, for having us this evening. Here in the Middle East, we felt the earthquake across the whole Middle East, as far as Israel even. Um, but of course, the epicenter of that was felt in the Turkish and Syria region. And the estimates are that some 26 million people have been affected. The counts on the, the body counts at this point is reaching nearly 30,000, with early reports saying that this is probably a very conservative estimate and that it's probably eight times more than that. And some of the early reports that we were able to get on the ground because Shai Fund has been operating in the Middle East, assisting Christian minorities and other minorities for the past over 10 years. And we've responded to multiple uh, disasters and multiple wars. And of course, we all remember when the Islamic State committed the genocide against our brothers and sisters in Christ in both Iraq and Syria. And we were able to get in and respond immediately to try and help them. More recently, we've assisted the underground church in Afghanistan to evacuate them. But because we were active on the ground uh, with these partnerships that have been going for a long time, we were able to pretty much turn around almost immediately and activate those partnerships get an assessment on the ground and be able to respond. And so I'm going to introduce first Rima Abraham. She is my main partner because she works in these two areas and has extensive experience. Her and I do a lot of the work together with the ground teams that we um, use on the ground, which is a predominantly Christian faith-based uh, humanitarian aid workers. And then we have also here uh, Chem with us, and he is an actual survivor from the uh, earthquake that happened on Sunday on the 6th. And so he's going to tell us a little bit about his experiences and what happened. Rima, you could just explain some of the operation and how we've been operating and why we were able to get into the affected areas so quickly. Um, yes, first of all, I would like to say thank you for having this opportunity. And um, in the name of, uh, in the language of Jesus Christ in Aramaic, I would like to say Shlomo Kulhun. And um, yes, um, as soon as we heard uh, um, about the earthquake, uh, we were able to uh, pull us, pull all our teams uh, together 
So it was not easy because we were focusing on two areas. It was Syria and Turkey uh, at the same time. So um, in Turkey, we have uh, a long-term mm -hmm. partnership with um, a local-based um, federation, which consists of many associations. And in, in Syria, we have since the, uh, the 2011, since the Arab Spring, we have established a local aid organization. And since then, we are working very actively in the whole area. Of course, um, it wasn't easy for us to get into the affected areas like Aleppo and Latakia, but um, um, it was in, very necessary to, to see how we can help uh, directly and not only getting the information from um, here and there. This is always how we work. And um, so what we were able to do with the people in uh, Turkey, we were able to identify the most affected area. And um, we know about Hatay, the whole province, but um, uh, at the end we identified Samandakh, that is the most uh, priority. Um, of course, there were other areas which are still on our list, but uh, we saw that there is a big necessity. So directly um, um, ask them also, um, and thanks to Jem and his brother and the family, we were able to, to understand what they need there. And um, I think firsthand we were able to respond with uh, winter uh, jackets and blankets. And for Syria, um, as you know, there is a, the problem with getting aid in because we don't have uh, much borders. So it's different. We are, go we, are, we are going from place to place. We are working very close with the churches, with the different uh, denominations. Let's say the Syriac Orthodox Church, the Catholic Church, the Evangelical, all of them. So what we do, we go directly and we see what is needed, what is, where is the leg, what is, and then from there we are trying to buy if it's a mattress, blankets, food, water. And so we go from place to place, from church to church. And the first step was in Aleppo. And now our team arrived in Latakia, but I, it's really very difficult, all the travel, and also we have a very high security concern, but we are happy that we were able to respond so far. Great, you know, I think uh, Mario, it's important to know in Turkey, we've got two teams going in two different directions. And also in Syria, we have two teams going in two different directions at once. And at this point in time, which is, um, you know, today, some five, six days after the earthquake struck, we've been able to distribute thousands of blankets, thousands of warm jackets, mattresses, food, water. So we're getting into all of these areas and being able to distribute it. But the conditions on the ground are very difficult. The roads are broken up. And this is um, Chen, actually, his uncle, who's a doctor, uh, spoke with us and told us some of the conditions and he will talk now about what happened but there's limited internet the roads are very um, badly destroyed his uncle said that over 70 percent of the buildings are destroyed and um, and that they're digging people out um, of the rubble with their hands and so I'm going to ask Tim a few questions Tim you were there at the time with your family when the earth quake struck. Can you tell us exactly what happened? Yes, um, this was a crazy night, uh, 4 o'clock or 4 a.m., 4 a.m. 20. Uh, my father was crying, go out, I was sleeping and I don't know what has happened. I heard him a lot about the earthquake in the first uh, seconds. Um, 
um, I don't know it. And after uh, my brother also uh, to say immediately run off the house and um, I walked up and I was started at first. I did not understand what is happening. And um, all of the students are flat off the floor of the moving and I was getting stronger and uh, run off the bedroom. And uh, when I was in the living room, um, I could keep my um, balance and uh, the floor was moving and um, from the left to right and just pulled on the floor. I immediately got up uh, and run off to front of the door. I see only my father and my brother uh, shooting the get out of the house. I see both holding on the pole to say don't get swept off the floor and about uh, one, two uh, minutes, <clears throat> one, two minutes and the earthquake is uh, after the done, yes. This was the situation. But this was very terrible, but um, I, this was a very crazy night, yes. In the next 12 hours, how would you describe the situation around you and what do other families and people in your community experience? <laughs> So the reason was um, we are go uh, to my uh, uncle is in the neighbor house. Also, there's a doctor and look of him is uh, everyone is healthy. What has happened? The child, uh, the woman, and uh, everyone. And um, yeah, he has uh, also getting a, a run off the house. And um, thank God everything we are well. And um, we are go is in the middle of the night. It's also very cold. And we go in the car, and uh, and his uh, garage was damaged with this the car. Um, I sent uh, all the videos uh, for Mr. Atara, Mrs. Atara, and um, signs uh, uh, um, uh, because was uh, very extremely and um, everyone health. And this time uh, we was out of the house. So after one two hours, uh, we are waiting what has happened. Uh, but the earthquake uh, come the second time also, and um, so it's coming so uh, early in the morning. Um, we are look uh, what has happened. And uh, we uh, uh, um, go as we have a very big shock on this case, and uh, we go on the downtown and look what has happened. While we are see what uh, in our house what has happened, we are go on the downtown. We look all the buildings, seventy eighty percent are damaged, and uh, at the moment we help directly all the people and uh, uh, with own hands and. Uh, uh, does we look? Uh, does we help the people? These on the on the on the on the house ground, and uh, this was very terrible. Also, this was a very shocked, really, when I see that life. Also, it's a movie time when you see uh, so a situation. Uh, but we are uh, directly in the in the point, and uh, yes, everything was uh, very big damage and very collapse. And the first twelve hours was very, very terrible, but uh, also not good. So, Chem, if I understand, the people had to literally try and take with their hands all the rubble out to try and save the people from the buildings, that there was no other assistance at that time. Nothing, nothing. Nobody was in our 12 hours also, uh, on our side, but all the buildings are damaged, all the uh, family are crying, all the people crying, everyone crying. He's my son, he's my dad, he's my mom. 
please help us and we are uh, Mihan people and we are go directly and help all together uh, uh, what we have about it uh, when uh, someone to uh, say from him help me help me and we are help with only our hands nothing to else in the last 12 hours this is very terrible yes that's unbelievable and then you mentioned that there were many tremors afterwards and i I heard that a lot of people were scared and couldn't remain in the building. So there's many people sleeping on the streets and in their cars because of the tremors, right? Can you talk a little bit about the aftershocks or these after tremors? This was very crazy. Everyone, uh, uh, one thousand of the people on the street, on the cars, on the buildings, everyone is crying, Every, everyone say help please, help please us, help please us, and all together help what we can do on the on this time, and um, uh, does we help the people uh, go out or help to, for his life on this case, and um, yeah, um, this was the situation. So now what we've done is we've got a hub in one of the local churches, Chairman. I believe you've been helping with that as well. So it's a distribution center that we come in and we've put some of the aid in there to help the people. Can, can you tell us something about the needs and what the people have, need, have needed in this situation? Yeah, as in the first time um, uh, we got help from you uh, for Shape Found for the um, uh, for the clothes and for the um, what is the name again? Blankets. Um, for, yes, for the blankets and uh, this was us very helpful because it's very very cold uh, uh, in the night in the day uh, after is uh, uh, is uh, um, raining and windy and all the people uh, was under under the shock um this uh, helped us a little bit uh, as well this was help all the people of course uh, but we need uh, more uh, different things on the background uh, as at the moment okay eat and uh, uh, water is of course good but now uh, when i look the situation does the people more help in the future but in the next one month uh, i think or two months we have no electricity no energy uh, in our uh, uh, in our city and we need uh, generators um, we need um, for the baby's food or a baby uh, uh, um, underwear or the underwear for the people. Uh, we need um, uh, um, uh, gas oil, benzene, diesel uh, for the generators. And uh, that's, uh, many people have a little bit electricity or for the charge uh, his phones or something to else. And this one, I think at the moment we need more. But eat and water is okay. We have this one. The help is coming, but the generators or the for the women's or for the babies and for the gas oil or the diesel. This one I think is uh, uh, in the future is more helping uh, to the people a little bit more. Thank you. So Maria, as you can hear, I mean, it's the it's almost like an Armageddon type situation. You know, if people on the streets, the buildings are crumbled. You know, people wandering the streets, crying out for help, and others trying to use their bare hands to help them out. I've seen some of the videos where they they call out to the um, into the rubble, and then everyone stands quietly 
and waits to listen if there's anyone responding. And a number of the videos that we've seen, there's just no response. So the situation is really, really terrible in some of these cities. Thank you. I have a few questions. Um, are, are we still seeing uh, some rescues now or no? Karima, do you want to answer that? I think there are some rescues for Samantha. I'm not sure, um, but um, we know that uh, in some cities the help went very late. So even if there are some rescues, it's like a miracle. And um, we, we estimate that, to be honest, we just talked about that today and um, the number can really uh, go up to 150, 180,000, believe me, because I have a video from them and um, when we look at the buildings, we know that there nobody was working there yet. The problem is um, the organization of the government on how to get the necessary equipment to the places in order to uh, get out the people. Uh, it's not really working well. And um, all this food and the water, I have to say this, which is coming to every city and every city is telling us no food, no water, we are really good. It's coming from the people, from the people to the people. So this is why we focus on these other needs. And um, now we will have a really hygiene, hygiene problem. And this is why we have to, people cannot wash, they cannot go to toilets, right. they need sanitary pads, babies need pampers. The, everybody's asking for underwear and socks and it's like these basic needs and um so yeah it's like the number will be coming very high we really expect a high number unfortunately because my team we have to to understand it's like they had a trip for like 12 hours and they went all the way from the safe places where nothing happened to these damaged cities and they passed most most of the affected areas and my co my colleague said when you look left right you see everything is falling down it collapsed and all the people on the street and like tents we didn't mention the tents we need a lot of tents the people are yes. trying to create tents by themselves and um, they are sleeping in the cars and I know many people they don't sleep the nights they just be awake and they are trying to make sure that nobody <laughs> is opening their houses it's like it's it's the situation is really out of control. Uh, do we know approximately how much of how many kilometers were affected? And do you mean in our uh, Hatay city or other areas as well? I'm not sure if I can answer this correctly. How many cities? Oh, uh, at the moment in uh, Turkey are uh, 10 big cities uh, are damaged, 10 big cities. As a yeah. 10 bit, uh, 10 bit, uh, 10 areas, total damage. As a 70%, uh, all the buildings, um, you can't not more live there in 10 times. As a, at the moment uh, in the in the movie, uh, say, uh, all the, in the, um, in the movie say about, uh, 30,000 uh, uh, people are dying 
but this is not a true uh, number. I think about 50,000, 60,000, 70,000 people are dying at the moment and over 100, 150,000 or 200,000 is are in the hospital, in the hospital, uh, in the hospital. And uh, I think uh, in the next uh, days are coming up, but uh, on, on the movie is not the right number. Also, this is about 50, 70,000, I think, also from my side, what I think uh, is dying at the moment. What, who are your partners? Who are you working with both in Turkey and Syria? So it's all uh, local uh, faith-based Christian organizations that Rima and I uh, have been working together for the past 10 years. And we then partner with the different churches as well. So when we do our distributions, for example, we would go to the local churches and ask them how many people do they have that are in the churches or on their lists. And then obviously, you know, the churches have responded in an amazing way. I've seen and know of churches that have taken in, you know, over 400 families, both Muslim, Christian, whoever needs help. And so when we go in, we go in um, as Christians working through the church to give the aid into the community, because at the end of the day, um, it's the hands and feet of Jesus. So we want to be able to give that witness and that testimony. Um, how difficult has it been to get supplies to the ground zero in Turkey and uh, Syria? Um, yes, in Turkey, it wasn't very difficult for us. Um, at the beginning, when we just started to buy the winter clothes, we were lucky that there were still winter clothes available. Um, so um, we were able to get them, um, like, like let's say, the, the amount we needed. Um, but now, the last assessment, when we were asking for tents, it looks like that this will be a challenge. Uh, because now, um, the, the, let's say these 10 areas, they don't have houses, so everybody needs a tent. So this is something which is very um, needy. So from that side in Turkey, we really don't have trouble to get the supplies because you can still buy them in the other areas and you can transport them. And this is what we are doing. Um, but in Syria, um, it's you cannot really make a big uh, uh, purchase and just store them. It's really that um, this is how we work. We go from place to place. We see where is the situation, what already what is covered because we know that there are also other aid organizations in different places but we focus more on that places where we know there is no um, help gun yet and then um, you can still get uh, the, the necessary equipment or supplies in the markets um, yeah so it's available and it's different we, we cannot really uh, because in Turkey as I said it's easier it's faster you you buy the big uh, amount and you put them on a truck and you go. But in Syria, you have to really work um, very small, especially as I already mentioned, we have this security issue for, of our ground staff and we have to make sure that they're always safe. And um, yeah. I think Mario, one of the things that's been really good for us and that we've been able to move pretty quickly is that because we've had people inside like Tim and his family, now they could say to us, use this road, come through this road, don't go here, don't go there. And also to do the security assessments. Uh, Rima and I were talking just this morning about 
Um, there's a lot of looting. There's a lot of very desperate people. And um, the security issues are really serious. And so for us, it's been great that we have a, a local network uh, of people that know the conditions on the ground. And so we've been able to move all of our aid in and we haven't had anything looted and we haven't lost anything. Um, today, we heard that the Austrian and German teams have pulled out, they got robbed and they, they've had to pull out. So the security issues are tense and real. Um, but because we've got a very local based team who know the conditions like Chem on the ground, we've, we've so far, it's been really good, but I think this is definitely one of the things that we need prayer for, continued covering as the teams go out um, and do these distributions. What about the food and water supply for Turkey and Syria? As I already mentioned, so food and water, it's uh, covered by the people, by the Turkish people who really collect and put in trucks and they send it out to everywhere. I mean, we were stuck in the traffic because we were not able to move forward because of these big trucks full with food and water. And as I already said, all of these areas, they are um, happy to receive food and uh, water. In Syria, it's the same situation. As I said, you have supply, you can get there, but the problem is um, when you have these other needs like tents, um, and also this uh, external support of um, getting like um, doctors um, because it's cold and the people are um, lacking hygiene and this will really lead to diseases. So, um, but from the food and the water, so far we don't uh, have any um, challenges. It's more the warmth to have generators, heating oil and uh, these kind of things. Charmaine, we want to encourage our viewers um, to give to, to this relief. Can you please, we're going to post it uh, on the video, uh, let the people know how they can give specifically uh, for this crisis in Turkey and Syria. Yeah, we have a dedicated uh, web page on our uh, website. And if you go to www.theshaifund.com, F-U-N-D, so www.theshifund.org, you can give and we will give that aid into these communities. And you've seen some of the people tonight that have benefited and know that it's getting there. So we know the aid is getting to the people. So the money that you get will get to the people that need it the most. So yeah, just everyone who can donate, you've seen the need. We, we have so much more as the people are living on the streets, as these tremors keep happening, um, the need is huge. And if everything that can be given will be go into these two affected areas. Um, we're going to pray and we're going to have our people pray as soon as we uh, finish the video. Uh, we want to thank you so much, uh, Charmaine, always uh, your passion uh, for the Middle East and, and for the people of the Middle East. Uh, Rima, thank you so much for your work and Kem. Uh, we just honor you. Uh, we're grateful that you're okay and that you're able to help and lead in, in, in helping the people on the ground. Charmaine, can you lead us in prayer? And then um, we'll continue to pray on the World Prayer Network. Yes, Lord, we come to you today as we know that the people are crying out to you, God, and they are asking you to come and to help them. 
And we know, Lord, that you are in your infinite compassion. You see our pain and our suffering. And that is why you sent the Lord Jesus Christ to earth. And so now, Lord, as we come to you this day, we ask you again to hear the prayers of the people, to hear them calling out, to reveal yourself to them. Let them know who you are, that you are the one who saves. And we pray, Lord, that as the multitudes of people, including Taifund and our wonderful partners on the ground, as we come and we pass through these areas, giving the aid, that they would know that we are part of you, Lord, and that we give it in your name. And so we thank you for all of these capacities, Lord, for the ability to move in these regions on your behalf. And we praise your wonderful name for everything that you are doing and continue to do. And as you show yourself to these people in this time, Lord, use this whole experience, as horrible as it is, may it be something that is just to your glory at the end of the day, that they know that your church is at work and your people are at work in this area. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please read the show notes for additional details if you would like a copy of the book or resources mentioned. Remember that WellVersed is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. We rely on your support and partnership. Don't forget to hit subscribe to keep up to date with our latest episodes. Leave us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Thank you for listening to the WellVersed podcast. For more information, please go to www.wellversedworld.org.